actually, I wanted to start the segment with my T-shirts. I think some of you can see it. No? If you see no, I mean, don't say yes. Do you see the no? You know, when I came first time to Bulgaria, it was very confusing because uh, in Bulgaria, when you want to say no, you say like this. And when you say yes, you do actually the opposite. You do like this and then you do like that. Also in India, it's like that. But that red thing, um, let's see, the red uh, is to bright up our day and to actually give us a new path, a new way. That's the Aries red. Remember I told you that what we wear as a t-shirt is super important, not because I don't like to wear tuxedos, actually I don't, or uh, any kind of fancy clothes because I think they're overpriced and don't say anything. And what I like about t-shirts is that you wear what you want on your heart. Therefore, the message on your t-shirt is very important because that really sits right on top of your heart. And that is what you're conveying to yourself when you wear it and to other people. But uh, what I wanted to talk about is actually the astrological idea behind this. As you can see, some of you can see, I guess, uh, there is actually a date uh, when this was spoken, which was December 1st, 1955. And we're coming to December 1st. And not only that, December 1st this year is going to fall right between the eclipses. So everything that happens to us between November 19 to December 1st is extremely crucial, extremely important, because uh, what is happening around that time is magnified. We'll talk about the eclipse quite a lot because it's coming up this week, uh, Friday, Saturday, and it's going to lead us uh, for quite a while because, as you'll see, it's one of the longest eclipses in uh, uh, the history, or recent history. At least it's the longest one in the last 580 years and probably in the next 600 years or so. So we're talking about mega eclipse, which is super, super important for us. And it's a great opportunity. It's almost as if we we're given this huge surfboard from the universe and we are lucky to be alive uh, during this period. Uh, next lifetime, you'll have to plan for 2,600 and something. So hopefully by then humanity will be enlightened or it will be in different star systems where, of course, they will have their own astrology. So what I wanted to do is start off with um, this historical incident and see, uh, take it from there, basically. So let's see. Um, if we look at what really happened on December uh, first, it's kind of interesting because, first of all, we're talking about a period of time. December 1st immediately should tell everybody that we're talking about Sagittarius. And Sagittarius is mass media, mass communication. And that's also something that I like working uh, like that with astrology is to see what is the archetype all about? What is mass media? Mass media is the ability to communicate a message for a lot of people. So instead of one-on-one, -on -one, you're talking about masses. We sometimes talk about mass media as crossing borders because Gemini, the opposite sign of Sagittarius, rules everything that has to do with communication that is between your own state, your own county, your own city, maybe your own country, depends on the size of the country and how coherent or homo homogenic is that country. But usually what we're talking about with Sagittarius is communication that goes beyond time and beyond space. Uh, that's why Sagittarians shoot their arrows, which could be messages, philosophies, to the sky. They don't aim at us, even though they're the archers and they can hit any target they want. They're actually shooting at something impossible, the truth, philosophy. So mass media, originally, before the laws here in the United States in 1987, which said that you can actually use mass media to tell lies, but that's a different story. It used to be a source of information, not propaganda, that was supposed to be connected to the truth, or at least done in the good understanding that what I am saying, I think, to my best knowledge, is truth. Uh, unlike what's happening in the last five, six years all over the world that people communicate knowing that it is either a conspiracy or it's half-truth or it's alternative truth or it's semi-truth or it's truth minus and so forth. So mass media is something that is supposed to communicate a truth, a message, a philosophy uh, to the masses. Now, the interesting thing I noticed is that it's not only people who are born in Sagittarius, like I'm not just giving Spinoza, for example, uh, who is talking about the truth. So yeah, uh, Sagittarians tend to be holding fast to the truth, which traditionally 
is given to them. But why do they do that? They do that because they're born, at least in the Northern Hemisphere, as you will see from November 22nd until December 21st, in the darkest time of the year. Not only the darkest, the most depressing one. If you think about it, the days are now going to get shorter and shorter in the Northern Hemisphere until they reach rock bottom in the first day of Capricorn. And on this first day of Capricorn, the days are starting to grow, even though they're little tiny growth. And the night, remember, is very, very long, very big, it's very dominant. So there's a lot of darkness, there's a lot of confusion, there's a lot of uncertainty, there's a lot of fear. So Sagittarius is the time in the year in the Northern Hemisphere, this real estate, you can say, that the days are getting shorter and shorter and shorter. Therefore, we are talking about people who are born during this period of time, and instead of being gloomy and depressed, Sagittarius is the sign of optimism. I'll talk quite a lot about it on Monday, not this Monday, coming tomorrow, but the day after on the 22nd, we're going to have a whole class about Sagittarius and the philosophies of Sagittarius and how to get along with Sagittarians. But I wanted to speak about this idea is that not only if you're born in Sagittarius, are you supposed to be a truthsayer, but also what happens in Sagittarius doesn't stay in Sagittarius. You can say it's the antidote to Las Vegas and all those people that say, oh, whatever happened today stays here. Don't talk about it to your husband. I'll talk, not talk about it to my wife, etc. This is the opposite. Whatever you do during Sagittarius is promoted, or you can say projected, uh, for a long, long period of time and crosses space and time because Sagittarius is the idea of mass media meaning that incidents that happen during Sagittarius, things that you do during Sagittarius month, which again, this year is November 22nd to December 21, 22, depends where you are in the world, is going to be magnified and also carried for a long period of time. Now, on top of everything, we have the eclipses happening November 19 and December 1st, 4, which even more create a megaphone. It takes this big mic and make it possible for everybody to hear. So, what I'm saying is that now, as we get closer to Sagittarius, day after day after day in Sagittarius, you really have to sit down and say, do I want this to continue for the rest of the year? Do I want whatever I'm doing, whatever I'm saying, whatever I'm writing, whatever I'm feeling to continue, to be projected out there, to be magnified and to last for a long, long time, especially around these eclipses? Now, the problem is that it gets depressing, a seasonal affective disorder, sad. The days are, sm are shorter. We're getting into the... Uh, you know, the blues of the, the winter blues. So I don't want you to stress about the fact that you should not stress because that's very stressful, you know, or that you should not be afraid or that you should be careful because whatever you're doing now will last forever. It's not like that. It's more like incidents and situations. We have to take more responsibility because there is a chance that they will be projected further away than what we even think about. It's almost like having an argument with somebody and thinking you're speaking very lightly, but you're really screaming and the neighbors are a little concerned and maybe inviting the police. So that's what's happening to us right now. And that is precisely what happened on December 1st, 1955, when a 42-year-old woman, a left her job as a seamstress at um, Montgomery Fair department store uh, around 5 p.m. And around 6 p.m., we have all that accounted for. She went on a bus. She boarded a bus like she did every day. But it was one of those bus uh, journeys that will forever change uh, the history of the United States. So again, it's small little things that can grow into something huge to the point that many, many years after, it's like 70 years after, I will be wearing this uh, shirt that basically says one word, no. And it's December 1st. Always remember numbers. Numbers are extremely important. And December 1st is initiation. It's something new, something that begins anew. And you know also with one, um, there is some conflict, always. One, I know that it's the number of unity. It's the number of God. It's the number of oneness and so forth. But to get into that oneness, you need to kind of sometimes barge in. That's why Aries is the first sign. It's ruled by red and it does involve blood. So that's the blood of sacrifice in a sense. Anyway, that's what happened on December 1st. Now the buses around that time, just that I take you back in time to how buses were created. I mean, how they were distributed in a sense. The last, the back 10 rows were for blacks only. The middle 16 was kind of mixed and whoever could uh, came first could sit there. And the first two uh, 10 seats were only for whites. And what happened with a uh, 
Rosa Parks is that she sat on the, let's say, the first row of the 16. So it kind of mixed. And what happened is that on the third stop, remember numerology, what is third in the tree of life? What is three in the tree of life? Funny enough, the third sphere in the tree of life, and again, Whenever you take a bus ride, whenever you take an airplane, whenever you um, go someplace, the first step or the first station is number one, relates to the crown in the tree of life. Number two will be wisdom. Number three will be understanding. That's another way of looking at life and numerology. Again, the tree of life has 10 spheres. Numerology has 10 archetypes. They're very much connected and influenced from the same source, from Pythagoras. So on the third stop, which is kind of interesting because it's the Empire Theater. So we know there's going to be an imperial play acting out in a sense. It's really beautiful how sometimes you can read a news report and actually find a fairy tale inside if you look at the symbols, of course. So the third stop, it relates to understanding. Understanding is the great mother. It's uh, the great Shechina um, in the Tree of Life. It's called Shechina in Kabbalah, is the feminine aspect of God. And here is a woman who just finished sewing some things in a regular factory. She kind of probably uh, had to, uh, um, you know, do everything normal like a normal person, not knowing that she's actually entering a, a fairy tale. She's actually entering a moment in history that's going to change not only her life, but the life of a lot, a lot of other people. So on that third stop that relates to understanding, it's not only that she needs to go through some kind of understanding on December 1st, 1955 as a 42-year-old woman, it is understanding that all of us have to take a go through, especially uh, her area and her country and her state. So anyway, at that station, on that imperial theater, in the imperial stage, you can say, I, some white passengers were boarded. You know, that's when the director and the, the screenwriter say, okay, now action, enter three white people. Okay, the white people come in, the bus is full. So the, um, a drive, the, the driver of the bus tells uh, the people that are sitting next to, to uh, Rosa Parks and to her to just stand up and go to the back where they belong. The problem is that the back was full. So that means that they will have to get up and stand there while the white people could sit. And she basically decided the three that were sitting next to her just didn't want any trouble, went all and did what they were told. But uh, she said she moved basically to the window, clearing three spaces for the white people to sit down and told them they can sit there. Um but, of course, that is unacceptable at that time, according to uh, the law, and what he said that he's going to have to basically arrest her, or basically uh, call the police to arrest her. And the rest, of course, is history. It got all the way to the federal court, which abolished the whole segregation in uh, buses. But it was really interesting, because what I decided to do is to, since we all talk about the dates, the time, you know, we know the place in Alabama, we know the time, she boarded around 6 p.m. the bus, we know the date, December 1st, 1955, so it's very easy to do a chart and see what was going on then. So, first of all, it's really interesting because the moon was in Cancer. And Cancer is I feel. And a lot of people, she actually talked about it uh, later on in uh, interviews, that people thought she was tired and she didn't want to move. And what she said basically, and I think this is the quote from her, people always say that I didn't give up my seat because I was tired, but that isn't true. I was not tired physically or no more tired than I was at the end of a working day. No, the only tired I was, was tired of giving in. And this is so Sagittarian because Sagittarius is the sign of optimism and never giving up, getting up, doing it again, getting up, doing it again. That's the process of Sagittarius. Now, she wasn't a Sagittarius. He's actually an Aquarius, which is interesting. Aquarius is rebellion. Aquarius is the future. We know that we're now entering the age of Aquarius. So she was one of those people that hurled, you can say, or awakened the age of Aquarius. The moon was in Cancer, and Cancer is all about real estate. Here we're talking about a real estate that was related to seats. Where are you allowed to live? Where are you not allowed to live? Where are you allowed to sit? And where are you not allowed to sit? We're talking about space, occupying space. Now, the funny thing about Cancer, and again, this is all what I call retrospective astrology. It's not like before she boarded to that bus, I could tell, hey, hey, hey you're going to go into this bus and say no, and they change the universe. No, sometimes we have to look back to understand what was going on. 
and to really maybe learn astrology through the events that took place during that time. Again, the concept of as above, so below. But Moon in Cancer, and Cancer specifically, talks about immovable objects. We talked about it here quite a lot because sometimes people tell me I have a problem with my mother, a problem with my daughter, a problem with my sister. Yeah, those problems you have to solve. Why? Because it's immovable. You cannot change it. You cannot get divorced from your sister. You cannot um, fire your son. And, you know, even if you're Britney Spears, it looks how long it took her to get out of her father's influence. You know, it's immovable. Things are not moving in cancer. And also, it's very hard to change things that relates to family. But that's a different story. That's ancestral karma. But in this case, we're talking about the moon, women, motherhood. Cancer, which is all about immovable thing. And that's what she says. I ain't going to move. I'm not moving. Sagittarius, though, is the sign of truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And look at it. It had Mercury in Sagittarius, Sun in Sagittarius. And the biggest thing, it had the North Node in Sagittarius. And the North Node is what we all are you contracted, in a sense, to learn, to teach and to learn. So not only she had to learn how to stand up for her rights or sit up for her rights, sit down for her rights, she also has a, brought all of us into that study, into that teaching, in a sense. That's why when this all happened, the North Node, what we are all supposed to learn, and it changes every year and a half, the sign of the North Node, is the head of the dragon. That's what we are supposed to learn. That's what we're supposed to master. And for example, in December 23rd, we're going to move away from learning about Gemini and moving into Taurus. We'll talk about it quite a lot. And we already started talking about it. And in fact, the eclipse that is happening November 19 very much relates to that idea, the changes of what we have to learn as a collective. And anyway, when this is all happening, December 1st, 1955, our collective learning was all about the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. And that is that mass media that I told you that things are moving around and moving much stronger. The other thing that was happening that day, which was very significant and interesting, is the fact that Pluto was stationary, meaning, again, not moving. And Pluto is the sign of transformation. And Pluto is stationary usually maybe four days a year, maybe two days a year, that's it in a whole year. So it's really interesting that all of that happened then. And then I looked at the Sabian symbol. We talked about the Sabian symbol quite a lot. I use it a lot. I love it. It's little images for each one of the zodiac uh, degrees. We have 360, of course. So you can always go Google your birthday and put Sabian symbol and see what symbol you were born into. And the Sabian symbol for that um, day specifically is a stage spec, spec, what is it? Ah, yeah. A stage symbolization uh, of the goddess of opportunity. I mean, this is kind of remarkable, I have to say. I mean, this is really a beautiful way to look at it. A stage symbolization. You know, this is, we talked about just a second ago, it was almost as if it was a play where the actors knew precisely what they had to say in the dialogue. And now we see it's a goddess of opportunity. It's almost as if Athena or the goddess of wisdom channeled herself through uh, Rosa Parks. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that, just that you understand how these kind of things can work. And one of the things that I also uh, wanted to start talking more about is the idea of um, proactive astrology. And we're going to develop that together quite a lot here by you guys maybe uh, trying it out, seeing it how it works for you, and me trying to explain it better. You know, uh, I made a video and I put it out there on Instagram, but I'm going to send it to you guys, the link on YouTube. And everything we're doing here will also be on the podcast and will also be on YouTube. I'm trying to understand mass media and use it uh, as much as possible to get to the people that need to receive this information. So anyway, when we talk about proactive astrology, instead of thinking, oh my God, what's going to happen next week? Or how is it going to be when Mars is going to be retrograde next year from October 30th uh, to the end of the year? When should I do my surgeries and so forth? Yeah, astrology can help us get a, a map, a chart of what's happening and where, where you're going. The same way that in Google Map or whatever application you use for your driving, they suggest the route, but sometimes you feel rebellious or intuitively uh, different and you turn left instead of right. And the route 
changes accordingly. And sometimes you even see that you're doing better than the computer, and sometimes worse. It doesn't matter. But what idea is, is that astrology is like that application. It tells you about certain crossroads that must happen, that have to take place. And then you have the free will to listen, not to listen, how to accept it, how to react to these junctions. So People always ask, is astrology fate-oriented? Well, if you go to Vedic astrology, they are very much about fate. Everything is much more fated. Uh, that's why you're born at this age. I mean, you're born, I can already do a chart uh, to who is going to be your husband and you're going to get married at the age of 12. So the idea of fate is very strong in Vedic astrology. In Western astrology, we have more space for free will because that's part of our uh, inheritance, you can say intellectual inheritance, cultural inheritance, all the way back uh, to the origins of Western civilization. But in spiritual astrology, I think there is this balance between the two. Yes, there are these junctions, these moments that you have to experience certain things, whether it's your Saturn return, whether it is uh, other things that you're going through, whether we'll talk about it a little bit, uh, the age of 38, 39 to 42 is very significant, 56 to 60, the age of 7, the age of 14, the age of 13, the age of 21. There are certain moments in our life. And, and also, this is for everybody. There's also personally, you have in your chart when Saturn sits on top of your sun, or when um, Uranus moves suddenly on top of your moon. These are junctions. These are fated. You have to deal with it. Sorry, there's going to be some chaos. There's going to be some craziness. But how are you going to react? How are you going to, um, what choices are you going to make? And according to that, that's how the future is going to be unfolded. That's why these, uh, these choose your own path or these own choose your own narratives, uh, uh, computer games and, and books are getting more popular because they're more reflecting what real life is. Real life is a certain narrative, a certain story that you have to go through once upon a time in a far, far away place, right? But then there are these moments where you have a choice and a hero and a heroine is, of course, defined according to the choices they make. Proactive astrology tells us this. You are now coming to an eclipse time. Yeah. Eclipses are scary. Yeah. Uh, eclipses are intense. Mm-hmm. Uh, eclipses uh, develop stories that last for a long time. Yeah. Instead of sounding very alarmed and crazy, you're going to say, wait a second, what is it in my life that I want to actually manifest uh, for the next year that I need a big push in and that I want it to be lasting for a long, long time? Okay, it's uh, this project. Great. So between the eclipses, you're going to do everything you can to initiate that project. It's, it's like you're going to start paddling before the wave comes so that you can catch the wave and good, use this big swell of cosmic energy to get to the shore, to get to, your, uh, to get to where you need to be. So proactive astrology basically tells you just take fate into your own hands and make things happen. And I'm talking about this right now, again, because of the eclipses coming up and they're going to be very, very dominant uh, season now for us. It's starting this week. It's going to be there until basically we get to the equinox, uh, to the solstice, which is the 21st, 22nd of December. So now we have a month of a very intense time, even though there are no major retrogrades. So you'll see that it's not like it's going to feel like a retrograde. It's just that certain things that are hanging half dead are going to die, you know, whether it's relationship, whether it's friendships, whether it's your computer that died uh, uh, to me. By the way, stay away from Dell, for sure. They sent me two new computers. Both of them collapsed in the middle of a reading. Uh, believe me, it's um, uh, unnecessary. Nothing. I wanted to be, you know, buy USA product and um, uh, it was a disaster. Anyway. Whatever needs to happen, your computer needs to die. It dies immediately instead of kind of like half dead, maybe tomorrow, maybe a day after. So everything that's happening right now is magnified and taken to the next level, including your relationship. So if you have a lot of fights now with your partner, it doesn't mean you need to leave them or that your divorce is getting quickened. Maybe the uh, problems are getting out there into the surface the same way that sometimes we have skin irritations or or we have pimples. It doesn't necessarily mean you're ugly. It just means that certain toxins are coming out. And if you treat it well, they'll go away. But sometimes these pimples are a good sign that your body is detoxing. So it doesn't mean that if um, something has happened, don't stop the process before. Let it happen. See where it takes you because it could be this um, a headache that you're getting because you're basically detoxing from a certain uh, aspect of your life. So really pay attention in the next three, four weeks, but without 
being judgmental because we have a square in astrology. It's called a square, which means signs don't get along, archetypes don't get along between Virgo, which is very judgmental, and Sagittarius, which is all about, sure, I'll try anything. Now you're in, sure, I'll try anything mode. Forget about Virgo. When we get to harvest season, We'll talk about Virgo and we'll remember to say, no, don't listen to Sagittarius who tells you yes for everything. But for everything, there is a season, like they say in the Bible, you know. Now, uh, because we're not yet in Sagittarius, we are in Scorpio, I want to depress you a little bit and make you sad and make you scared because that's what real horror stories are all about. And horror movies, when I watch them, they make me laugh, N- not because I'm I'm putting them down. It's just uh, serious. When I see something scary, it makes me laugh. Now, If you think about it, anthropologically speaking, there is actually a reason for it. If you look at little kids, uh, little babies, for example, when you say you go like this and this is a cuckoo and you kind of scare them, they at first get really scared. And then when they recognize your face, we now know it, they start laughing or they're smiling. And then you do it again and again and again and again until it doesn't work. But at the beginning, the reason why you laugh and the reason why you get um, you smile as a baby is because basically you were scared out of your wits and then you realized oh no it's basically a hoax it's basically um, not real you know this is not a bear trying to attack me or a tiger jumping out of nowhere to kill me this is basically my mother acting really strange or my uncle is trying to make me laugh but that idea of scaring and then being relaxed that's the origin of laughter now astrologically speaking it totally makes sense we'll talk about it in a month and a half Capricorn is the sign of humor, but it's also the sign of fear. So fear and humor and laughter are very much related. So anyway, when I see a horror movie, I laugh. That's my reaction. I guess I'm stuck in baby mode. But this is going to be kind of depressing. This is a few studies that came out, and this is very much connected to the uh, Glasgow convention that just ended yesterday. Um It is very, very scary because we are under the influence of Uranus, the planet of revolution and the awakening in Taurus, which is Mother Nature, started in 2018 until 2026 and brought into our awareness the zoonotics because of the COVID-19, meaning diseases or viruses that jump to us from animals because we are changing their habitats and we're basically cutting all the force. Anyway... Think about Bambi for a second. That cute little Bambi, remember uh, the movie Bambi? Um, I think, when was it? I think it was during uh, the 40s or something that came out. Something like that. It was it was one of uh, Disney's first um, successes. And it talks about the white-tailed deer, Bambi. And the, the hunters are always the evil people who are trying to kill the deers. And now let's see a twist of the story. This is what will happen if Bambi 2 comes out. Um kind of a kind of depressing anyway i think about you know i was thinking what will be the december 24 square that relates to the covid uh, uh, battle with covid because i knew that that's how the uranus saturn square was going on and and I, i i was preparing for something like that but this is kind of depressing and hopefully we find a solution so a new study suggests that white tailed deers that are very popular in the united states actually carry a uh, covid 19 and in and and the and the thing about it is that the danger is that they found that among among the bumbies let's call them bumbies for now forty percent of them had the antibodies for COVID so it's not like they got vaccine it's basically they got sick I mean they got the disease they carry it on they're like a reservoir for it they don't get sick so much they don't say any symptoms. And they become this COVID hotel. So even if we vaccinate every person on this planet, uh, still the Bumbies will have them inside of them and they can mutate. In fact, they actually found that the variants that are circulating among uh, in deers match those variants that actually circulate in, in, human, in humans, so Delta and all that. And not only that, there is, a, there is a fear that we might eliminate COVID in a year or so, and then it will stay with the deers mutate inside of them and every once in a while jump out uh, to meet people so what are we going to do like with what they try to do with the mink uh, in poland the netherlands kill all of them you know uh, there is some lesson that we are refusing to learn and that's why i think the vaccines are not going to help us or uh, eliminating um 
all the bumbies in the world are not going to help us. There is something fundamental that we have to learn from this. Remember, we talked about three. Three is understanding. And we might have to have 2000, 2001, 2002, maybe three years in order to get it, to see what is the real lesson behind this COVID-19 or this, this zoonotics so we can deal with it once and for all. But that's the little Scorpio uh, message uh, that I wanted to uh, share with you so I don't have to carry it with myself. Anyway, you can um, uh, read about it. Uh, NPR made a few of uh, a few things about it. So um, you, you can just Google it and see. Uh, don't Google Bobby, but uh, white-tailed uh, deer. That will give you uh, the information. So the biggest event this week, the, maybe the one of the biggest events this year, is the... the um, eclipse, the the partial lunar eclipse that we're going to have. I'll tell you where you can see it. And actually, you can see it in um, uh, Los Angeles or in Pacific Standard Time. I think that on on Friday at 11 p.m., it's starting. And then in 1 a.m. of the 19th, of Saturday, it's when it's actually peaking. So uh, definitely you can see it in the United States. You can see it in South America. It's not as impressive as a total lunar eclipse, but believe me, impressive enough. And it, again, lasting for three hours and 28 minutes, which is the longest time in the last 580 years in the next 600 years or so. The Sabian symbol, we said, is a mature woman who um, remarkably um, finding an a romance, a love. So that's actually kind of promising. Like we talked about it last week, it's probably the older feminine side of you. It doesn't mean only that if you're a woman who is mature, you're going to benefit from this full moon. It basically means that we need to tap to the witch inside of us, to this archetype of the older woman who maybe decided that she's going to just be a healer or a grandmother for all her uh, grandchildren, biologically and not biological, uh, to be the sage. And suddenly she falls in love and she really didn't expect it, even though she's a witch and she practiced astrology and she looked at her chart many times and she realized that love is not going to come visit me again. And then knocking on the door is this remarkable, unexpected romance happening to her on the eclipse. What I think this message is, because it's um, remarkable or it's reawakened, uh, she's reawakened to romance because we don't associate older women suddenly falling in love because there's almost like, no, you have to be young to fall in love, right? So because there is some kind of um, duality there, I think it means that you can expect the unexpected around this eclipse. So um, you thought you can never fall in love. You might fall in love. You thought you're fully in love and my love affair is unbelievable. Eh, Maybe you'll find that he's actually cheating on you with three other women. You know, there could be some unexpected thing, especially when we're talking about the Scorpio energy involved. We have Mars in Scorpio, Mercury in Scorpio, Sun in Scorpio, so much Scorpio energy. So again, between Friday and Saturday is in the... um, um, in the West Coast, you can calculate it where it is. This is, for example, for November 19, uh, 2021. It's a Friday and it happens at 9 a.m. in Universal Time. London Time now is Universal Time. But you can uh, look it up when it's happening precisely uh, at your area. But the moon is exalted, meaning that it's getting the best energy possible. Um, so that's actually really good. It's not uh, uh, the opposite we will have next year. We'll talk about it in um, May. But right now we're talking about the eclipse, which flows very well because the North Node is very close to the moon. And the North Node touching the moon basically means we have to learn more feminine things, more receptive things. So we have to be open to changes, Scorpio's transformation, healing, and we just have to be careful from something. Um, yeah, a little bit not to, uh, because the moon and, uh, is opposite also to Mercury, we could have some clashes between emotional intelligence to intellectual intelligence, if you can say, EQ and IQ. It's going to be a little bit of a mixture of it. So you have to go to pay attention when to say I think compared to when to say I feel and to alternate between the two basically. Uh, as you can see, this is the area in the world where you can see it. You can see it very well all the way from Mexico to Canada uh, in the northern hemisphere, southern hemisphere a little bit less, uh, not very visible in Europe and in um, uh, Africa, a little bit of visibility in Japan, uh, Australia, China. Mongolia. So it really depends where you are. You can see on the chart. And and if you can't see it, I'll send it over. So uh, um, you'll see it as well. 
and um, uh, the longest eclipse in the last 580 years. So like I said, if you are in the West Coast uh, on November 18, wait, November 18 is what? November 18, I thought, ah, November 18 is uh, Thursday, sorry. So Thursday night is uh, November 18, make sure that we're in the same year. Yeah, so on Thursday night uh, in in the in, um, West Coast, if you look at um, 11 p.m. on November 18, it will hit maximum on November 19, on Friday at 1 a.m. It's the longest, um, see, and the next time you're going to have it is February 8, 2669. I can't wait for my book for 2669 to talk to you about what the 69 means. Obviously, in 2169 or 2069, I could do the same. Well, uh, maybe I won't reincarnate as an astrologer next time. So it will be three hours and 30 minutes. That's going to break the record. We're going to have to wait until 2069, 2669. But um, uh, the eclipse will be visible in North and South America, Pacific region, Australia a little bit, uh, Eastern near Asia, like we said, a little bit. And there is this link, if you want it, it's on visualtelescope.eu, and you can uh, see the um, eclipse even if you're not uh, in the area which is governed by that eclipse. Another thing that's happening, at least here in the United States, which is interesting is, and I'm a little bit concerned about it, of course, is the uh, trial that is going on right now for uh, Ritter House in uh, uh, Kenosha in Wisconsin. And I wanted to go back in the chart and to look at August 23rd, 2020. It was a Sunday. That was the time where uh, the shooting of um, Jacob Blake actually happened. So that the trial is all about. Now, the interesting thing I noticed about the chart is, first of all, that Pluto-Saturn conjunction that I talked so much about in 2020. If you remember, last time it happened was 82-83. That's why I could tell in the book of 2020 that we might be dealing with something similar to AIDS. Uh, because last time when Saturn and Pluto were together, the AIDS pandemic came. And indeed, we talked about it, coronavirus is related to uh, AIDS and SARS. So that's the Pluto-Saturn that is very rare and very difficult. Two of the, I mean, two of the most difficult planets coming together in conjunction. That's kind of tough every 40 years or so. But the biggest thing that was happening at that time, and of course it was going on um, in um, that whole period after that with the riots, when uh, uh, the shooting was done after uh, this whole trial is about, is when Mars is conjunct the black moon in Aries. And I think we talked about it here a lot in August of 2020. And I warned you about this uh, uh, Mars on top of uh, the black moon, because Mars is the god of war. Anything you tell him, he says, let's go shoot them, right? And the black moon is the one that whispers to the soldiers, all of those uh, misinformation, uh, conspiracy theories, because the Black Moon is considered to be the mother of demons. Call her the mother, the father, the family of demons, doesn't really matter. It's a very misunderstood archetype in general. And I know that a lot of feminists decided to adopt her as her as their hurdle, but, but their, their flag in a sense. But it's almost as if, let's say, men were oppressed in some country that maybe is a matriarchal comp- country, and I will decide to take the devil um, and make him my um, steward, in a sense, because he's a guy, you know, misunderstood. So that's about the same thing. I mean, the masculine energy can be very misunderstood and evil, and the feminine energy can be misunderstood and evil. And what we see in chart is the black moon or, the, or, the, or Lilith is being able to see the worst in another person. So here we have two people growing up in the same country, United States, and they shoot each other and they loot each other and they break each other's stores because either there is some kind of mother of demon, you know, whispered something into their ears that I'm allowed to loot this place because, I don't know, financial uh, differences, I don't know what, even though it's in my neighborhood, never mind. Or I'm allowed to cross country lines with my mama and take my um, AK-15 and go protect uh, other people, right? You know, so that is the mother of demons. And that was right in Aries, which is... war and conflict and definitely shooting first and then asking questions or shooting first and then crying a lot. Um, And you have that same energy happening, of course, in the time of the shooting, that uh, Mars on top of the black moon. And you see how it's squaring. Square basically means agitation to that Pluto-Saturn that happens every 40 years. Why is it so important? Because 
tomorrow they're supposed to start in the in the trial the ver- i mean the jury is supposed to start deliberating and having i think the final uh, claims or the final uh, dis- i mean the final speeches about like okay what's uh, wh- what's going to happen in a sense and then the jury according to the way that this goes how here in the united states will have a few days to talk about it and they're supposed to give their decision right around the eclipse and that is kind of scary because even the uh, uh the governor of Wisconsin actually ordered 500 national guards to come to that town which only has 200,000 people so uh, we are expecting some backsplash a uh, backsplash I'm, I'm still influenced by designing my my kitchen by back um, uh, backslash backlash <laughs> so again the eclipse can cause people to go pretty crazy. And the interesting thing, I uh, was looking at um, Google News, and I have to admit, this Uranus in Taurus, which started in 2018 and it's going to be until 2026, everybody's talking about only Uranus, again, revolution, awakening in connection to Taurus, which is finance, yeah, Mother Nature, we talked about it, Bumbies and so forth. But we have to remember that it also rules values, Values, basically what we believe in. And Uranus in Taurus means that everybody's values are now being awakened for good and for bad. So here is two, two, same news, same piece of information, right? We talked about mass media. Same piece of information on uh, Google News. And look at one of them is from Fox and the other one is from Washington Post. You can say two different sets of values. So one of them is saying Austrian brothel offering free entry, private session for those who get vaccinated on site. And it's from Fox, of course. You know, Fox with, uh, you know, their foxy way, their lies for entertainment and so forth. That's a different story. But anyway, you see uh, an information, a piece of information uh, from Vienna, because now in Austria, the, the sp- it's spiking now with uh, cases also in Germany. But anyway, they chose to focus on a brothel. Brothel is evil. Uh, there's a lot of prostitutes. It's dirty. There's sexual diseases. Oh, they're offering free entry. You see these uh, these uh, heathens and uh, these Satan worshippers, private sessions. Oh, what does that mean? The people getting, um, never mind, for those who get vaccinated on site. So that's a sensation for the values that Fox represent. At the same time, the Washington Post says Vienna to start vaccinating young kids in a pilot project. So you see same location, piece of information that's kind of similar, but the approach is completely different. This is Uranus in Taurus. It's always interesting to see how these things unfold. Next week, I'm going to let you uh, in on a little secret that relates to how certain countries are dealing with aspects of astrology based on the median age in the country. And that's a graph that I found yesterday, but we're going to talk about it next week if we survive this uh, eclipse. So let's see... What is actually happening um, this next week? And remember, one of the most important things for you right now is A, to be able to say the na if you don't want to. Remember, I told you it's a Virgo situation, but um, you're allowed to say na sometimes. And that's one of the beautiful things about how astrology works because for some people astrology is only a way to describe archetypes or a way to classify stories maybe or a way to guide us through life or to predict life and so forth but really it is basically not only the signs themselves that are important but their relationship to the other signs and their location in the year we talked about it quite a lot so if there is an issue between Sagittarius and uh, Virgo because Sagittarius is known for saying yes and Virgo is saying by, is known for saying no, and they're squaring because obviously saying yes and no at the same time is kind of confusing, right? Remember what happened to Alice in Wonderland when she confronted the caterpillar. So why are they linked? They link because they 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 move each other, they aggravate each other. It's like one hand can scratch the other hand. Imagine one hand had to scratch its own hand. I mean, unless you're a yogi or what I understand from Joe Rogan that said that he can um, actually give himself oral sex, you know, unless you're very, very flexible like that, uh, if not with your mind, at least with your body, then then it's okay. But what happens with the signs is they aggravate each other in order to find the best in each other. So here we have um, an Aquarian, Rosa Parks, during Sagittarius, which says yes. She says no which opened the doors for yes to a lot of people of color to sit wherever they want on the bus if there is place, 
So that's how these energies work together. So again, prepare for December 1st. Maybe you need to do your own um, Rosa Parks to somebody and say, no, I'm saying no now because it's going to create a yes. But I think the beautiful thing about Sagittarius is the ability to convert no's into yes, uh, like what happened on December 1st, 1955. If we look at what's happening this week um, up there, and by the way, on YouTube and also on Instagram, you can look. I did a little video, which I hope I will continue, especially before I travel, that gives you just the 10 minutes of what's happening next week, uh, astrologically speaking. But we'll go over it again uh, right now to see if I forgot something or maybe I'm looking at things differently because I'm a day older, which does happen, you know. So tomorrow, November 15, uh, it's a Monday. And the moon is in Aries. And as you can see, the moon is right on top of Chiron, the wounded healer. So it does talk about a period where old wounds are surfacing because the moon on top of Chiron, Chiron is the wounded healer, usually talks about wounds coming from family, huh, immovable things, or uh, from emotional wounds that are surfacing. Even our home might be a little bit wounded. So that's the moon on top of Chiron that's happening uh, tomorrow. And it's going to happen also the day after, but tomorrow you're going to feel it stronger. But because we have Scorpio, which tends to heal and transform, that's actually pretty good. The only thing is on that day, also the moon is squaring Venus, which is, again, not the easiest comfortable energy because Venus talks about a relationship and partnership. It's a feminine energy. The moon is feminine. So it's almost as if the mother is at odds with a 17-year-old, 6-year-old, 16-year-old girl that wants to go out and dressed in a kind of um, provocative way, to say the least. So there is some kind of argument between the feminine side that wants to enjoy her life and the feminine side that needs to take care of the kids. So again, square between Venus and uh, the moon can be a little bit, especially if you're a woman, some struggle with mother figures, bosses. Um, besides that, we have a very beautiful connection still that started last three days ago between the sun and Neptune, which means a lot of intuition, a lot of psychic energy, a lot of flow in that sense. If we look at the day after, November 16, we're having the moon still in Aries and the moon is squaring Pluto. So she's not squaring Venus anymore, she's squaring Pluto. So when the moon is uh, in Aries, the next few months is going to cause the same thing every month. Some kind of conflict with family members, some issues with manipulation, power struggles, not feeling heard. That's because the moon is in Aries, it's very pushy. And the Pluto in uh, Capricorn is very cautious and very mature, and it's creating some kind of a square between something I want now and something that can only happen later. So you have to learn patience. Also, Mars is in perfect opposition to Uranus. Be extra careful. Mishaps, uh, getting things broken. <laughs> um, yesterday, for example, um, I opened my medicine uh, medicine box and this thing fell down. What was it? It was like some kind of uh, bottle for um, perfume, not perfume, aftershave. And I never use it. And I don't know why I have it there. I guess because it's golden, it's kind of shiny. Anyway, it fell down onto the sink and it didn't break. And I was like, oh my God, these guys are making the, the bottles pretty strong. Put it back in. Yeah, and, la and later at the night, I see that there is some dirt on my my sink. So I tried to clean it. It doesn't clean. So I get my hand, my moon, in, I'm in an Aries. And I started scrubbing it really hard. And suddenly my whole finger opened and started bleeding like crazy. Apparently it's the sink that uh, broke, not the bottle. And it, the, the, was, was, there was a huge cut there. So I bled all over the place. That's definitely Mars opposite Uranus. Now don't get scared about sinks these days. It happens to be that my Mars is sitting now on top of Uranus opposite to Mars. So it's also a personal thing. So don't remember, don't forget that there is this the chart that goes in general. That's the weather, you know, that we have out there. But then maybe you're allergic. So if uh, it's spring and there is wind, um, even though for me it might be nice, for you it might be problematic because you're allergic to pollen. So you have to always consider the transits, which is what we're talking about, but also in comparison to your own chart. So don't be, again, don't be afraid of sinks, but be afraid of bumbies. But overall, that could be some kind of small little stupid things that can be kind of dramatic. Again, some of you experienced it with some 
I wouldn't say violation of your space, but some difficulties and challenges that have to do with Uranus, crazy people opposite to Mars, which usually tends to be younger people or more masculine energy. And because Mars is on top of Mercury, it also could be verbal. So you have to be a little bit careful, especially in the next few days. And because we're dealing with the eclipse. On November 17th, there is a shift of energy because the moon is moving into Taurus. It's much more relaxed, more connected to the five senses. And of course, the moon is moving into Taurus, uh, to Taurus yeah, because she's going to be opposite to Scorpio for the full moon and the eclipse. So we're getting already in line with the eclipse already November 17th. You're going to start feeling what is my eclipse story. And that is going to be on um, a Wednesday. The moon is on top of Uranus. Unpredictable things happening around a home, family again. It could be some mother figure that's acting a little bit crazy. There could be some conflict between mothers and son this time because before that it was the moon squaring Venus. Remember saying no to Venus. Now the son is confronting uh, the mother. Uh, he stole a car. He didn't know he was stealing it. He thought he was borrowing it. No, yeah, I didn't really have the key, but I thought he lost it, blah, blah, blah. There's a story there. Uh, and the mother is really pissed off. So I don't know where the father is in all this. It's father, you know, the son seems to be kind of quiet. Yeah, he has his own issues, but uh, the moon is very active this week. And of course it is um, the eclipse week. Uh, as you can see, the moon is getting very close to Uranus again, unpredictability, and the uh, full moon is starting to help, starting to happen November 18. That's when the moon is getting already in an orb that is closer to the full moon. She passes Uranus, which is actually good. And then on um, Thursday, the moon is still in Taurus, which is the moon of success, which is great for us. Um, she is squaring a little bit with Uranus, uh, with Saturn. So there is, again, some karmic energy coming up to us things that we have to deal with, things that we have to say goodbye. And November 19 is the official eclipse. You can see the moon on top of that horseshoe. The horseshoe represents the North Node, what we're here to learn. So the moon opposite to the sun is the absolute eclipse, the, the full moon that is also eclipse. It's a partial eclipse, but it's the full moon. And uh, Mercury is opposite to the moon. So that's what we talked about. Emotional energy might be conflicting with uh, a intellectual one. And the day after, on Saturday, we have the moon shifting into Gemini, which is the end of the eclipse. The moon is going to send beautiful energy to Saturn, which is actually great. But the moon is going to be on top of the black moon. So again, I'm very concerned if the verdict is going to come Friday, that the weekend can be a little bit uh, uh, problematic again because of this uh, black moon. And again, the black moon talks about misinformation, disinformation, especially when she is in Gemini. So that is our week, and I hope that um, uh, the eclipse works with you and that you work with the eclipse and that uh, you're able to handle these kind of energies well. You know, it's basically all about being patient. That's the most important thing. You know, one of the things I thought about with all this inflation coming in Europe, in the United States, also in China it exists, um, because Venus is now going to be in Capricorn until the end of... Uh, um, until the end of January, she's going to be retrograde from December 19, but she's going to be in Capricorn for a while. And Capricorn is patience. I think that this situation can work itself, but we need to be very, very patient. And at least Venus in Virgo, in Capricorn, is very cautious. And it's actually not too bad to have that cautiousness now uh, when we're dealing with this uh, strange you know, inflation that people can't really pinpoint if it's transitory or not, if it's here for years or not. It, of course, depends on your values. But um, take heed uh, on the eclipse and have a great week. And thanks for tuning in. 